Welcome to the Get Writing Podcast. I'm your host, Liz McGavro, and I'm obsessed with all things writing, creativity, and telling your stories in your authentic voice, because I believe a good story can change the world. Ever since I was a little girl with my nose in a book, I dreamed of being an author. I wanted to see my books in bookstores everywhere. I wanted to talk about books. I wanted to soak up everything about the craft. My celebrity crushes were mostly authors and I could feel in my bones that the writer's life was my destiny. Fast forward to today. Along with my alter ego, Kate Conti, I'm an Agatha Award-nominated best-selling author with three mystery series, but it wasn't all smooth sailing along the way. I experienced many setbacks, crushing self-doubt, a lot of career detours, and I even lost my voice a few times when I let the world get in my way. Until I learned that writing was so much more than just a skill set you learned and developed over time. It's also an inside job that flourishes when you heal all the wounds that are stifling your creativity, which is no easy task. So if you're a writer of any kind, or if you've always wanted to write but aren't sure where to start, this is the place for you, my friend. We're gonna talk about all things writing process, craft, strategies to help you get writing and stay writing, the daunting world of agents, editors, and publishing, And because I'm using my authentic voice, I'm going to throw in a little woo-woo for you too. So let's get writing, shall we? Get Writing Podcast. I'm your host, Liz McGavro, and this is our 25th episode. I mean, this is exciting. It feels like a big deal to me because last year at this time I was talking about launching a podcast, and here we are with 25 episodes in the bag. It's very exciting. And so, since this is a special episode, I had to have a special guest, and I think you're going to love her. So you know how there are those people who you meet and you just feel like you've known forever, like you just start having these conversations that, you know, with other people, it might take you years to get to that point. Well, that totally happened to me a few times, actually, at the Seascape Writers Retreat about 14 years ago. If you listen to episode 17 with author John Valeri, you heard a little bit about that. That was in 2007. So I went back the following year and... I don't know, it got even better. So I made even more friendships that have lasted to this day, including my Wicked Author friends, Sherry Harris and Edith Maxwell, and my guest today. Christine Keyes is a writer who is making it up as she goes along. I mean, aren't we all? She started her career as a television reporter, but has been a magazine editor, CEO of her own software company, and even a traffic controller. She's now running a publishing company. She has two sons and is based in Sydney, Australia, but can often be found singing karaoke on a cruise ship or a tropical island, or in the US, which is where she is right now. And she's actually here at the beach with me. So I had to get her on the podcast to talk about her journey from Seascape to publishing her first book this year, her popular blog about her many travels, and you're all going to be so jealous, and the importance of the writing community that she's built over the years. So... I hope you love this episode. Christine is a ton of fun. I mean, I can't say enough about her. You'll, 
you'll you'll know as soon as we start talking that she's she's just a lot of fun to be with. She's a dear dear friend, and I'm really happy to share her with you. So let's get into it. Hey, Christine, welcome to the Get Writing Podcast. Hi, Liz. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. Oh my God, I'm so happy to finally have you on. We're going to have so much fun today. So I think I've told the listeners about you before because I have, I did do um, another interview with someone I met at Seascape, but I would love to start with how we met. Um, again, people have heard about Seascape. It was a writer's retreat that happened over a weekend with a few amazing mentors back in the I don't know, gosh, 2008, was it? Um, And it was just, it was such a great experience and made even better when you just blew in the door and, you know, like a little tornado and we became fast friends and it was like the start of a whole new life. So I'd love to hear how you ended up at Seascape from Australia. Well, it, it is a pretty funny story, I have to admit. And I decided that I would go to a couple of writer's courses in the US. Um, I I had two pretty small children at the time and I felt like I deserved a break. And so I booked myself on uh, a trip to the US and I I booked into two different writer's courses. And to be perfectly honest, I don't remember what the first one was because I didn't actually go because I was having too much fun on my trip. (laughs) which we'll talk about later but that is definitely your mo (laughs) and so I felt kind of a little bit guilty when it was coming around to the second one you know that if I didn't go you know what would I tell people back in Australia and so I decided I should go and so with not much information other than you know the name of the town which uh I only know is called Madison because you told me yesterday Uh, (laughs) I booked a train in New York and I got off the train in somewhere called Old Saybrook, which I believe is in Connecticut. And I'd been in in America for quite some time, a few weeks, and I'd been there quite a few times and I've travelled, you know, a fair bit. So I just assumed that you would get off the train and there would be a taxi and I would just get myself to this seascape mystery writers conference and I got there and really it was the middle of nowhere and there were no taxis and I asked somebody and they said oh you know you can ring up over there on that phone and so I rang someone and he said oh we don't go there ring this guy so I rang that guy and he came and picked me up and as it turned out it was a it was a decent drive perhaps 45 minutes and I started telling you know my new friend the taxi driver who I believe was originally from Brooklyn, about all the fun things I'd been doing in America and what a great trip I'd had. And then I told him where I was going and to the Seascape Mystery Writers Conference, which was at a conference centre in Madison. And he became very concerned that, (laughs) you know, he said, oh, I think that's a religious kind of place, that conference centre. And I'm a little bit concerned about leaving you there. What if it's a place full of serial killers? (laughs) (laughs) And he probably should have joined us for the conference because he has a great imagination, clearly. Well, and, you know, I thought, you know, you're from Brooklyn. You know, maybe you know these things. I don't know. And, I mean, it was a conference full of mystery writers. So technically, 
you know, they probably knew about serial killers. In any case, we get to the conference centre and he says, look, I think you should just get back in the taxi. I'll take you back to the station. You can go back to New York, resume the fun you were having and and (laughs) that'll be the end of it. And I said, oh, look, I feel bad. You know, I didn't go to the first conference. I should go to the second one, you know. And he said, all right, I'll go inside and I'll scope out the place. I'll have a look around and see, you know, if if I see any serial killers, we can go back to the station. And he went in and he looked around and he came back and he said, oh, look, it, it looks okay, so it's probably all right. I'll give you my card, and if it's bad, I'll come back and get you. And I said, okay, all right. So I go in, go to check-in, and, I mean, probably I was being a princess, but I had booked a single room. And the first thing that happened when I got to check-in was they said, well, you don't have a single room. You're sharing with this lady. And when I went down to my room, that's where I met Sherry Harris, who your listeners will know is, you know, now a well-renowned mystery writer. But at the time we were all unpublished and, you know. And and so instead of having my own room, I was sharing with Sherry, which actually turned out to be the best thing ever. And I'm pretty sure we didn't sleep at all during this conference because all we did was talk about our lives and you know, it was constant talk. Then in our mystery writing group was Liz McGavro. And <laughs> Liz was you know, supposed to be driving back to wherever she lived every night instead of staying in the conference. And we said, no, that's no good. You know, come and stay in our room. So somehow or other we went and probably stole slash borrowed an, a mattress and we put it on the floor in our room and then the three of us didn't sleep all night and we just talked and natted and natted and natted and the rest is history um, except that that two out of the three people have published a lot of books since then and one of them, me, has only published one thing and pretty recently um, which was the original thing that I was writing when I went to Seascape. But, you know, as we'll find out in the rest of this talk, there's been a lot of stuff in between. So that's the story. Yeah, and I don't think you should say only. I mean, it's amazing that you published that. And you've also been doing a blog, which is awesome. And we're going to talk about that in a bit. Um, But yes, the conference center that we were at, just so everyone can get an idea, it was kind of in the middle of nowhere. I mean, Madison, Connecticut's a beautiful little town on the ocean, but this was at some kind of religious facility. I don't even know what it was called. And it was a little scary, especially for someone who grew up, you know, Catholic and is a recovering Catholic. And, you know, I kind of felt like I was going to get locked in and exercised while I was there, but luckily no crazy nuns showed up. Um, but yeah, the whole thing was just wild and completely fate, I think, because like you said, you weren't even going to maybe come, but something told you you should. And then... Now the three of us are like lifelong friends. So that's absolutely true. And, you know, I never regret one day that I didn't go to that course. It was fantastic, um, inspirational on the writing scale, but also um, for these lifelong friendships that I've made. Yeah. So aside from, you know, meeting me and Sherry, which was the highlight, obviously. Just kidding. Um, tell us a little bit more about what you learned there, what you took away from there, and about the work that you ultimately published that you started there or started before you went there. 
Well, I mean, the the book that I had written that I, I, I guess I took to Seascape to get feedback on was something that I'd, I'd been working on, you know, probably for a couple of years prior to that. So this is the mid-2000s we're talking. And it was one of those things that, you know, I'd said three times that I was going to write a book and so then I had to do it. And, well, I felt like I did because I, I, I use the term, it's probably a very Australian term, but a gunner. So it's someone who says they're going to do stuff. And it's, you know, when I, when I find myself doing that, I, I don't find it very appealing. And so, you know, once I'd said a couple of times that I was going to write a book, then I had to do it. So I did. And, you know, it was a, it was a mystery, um, a young adult mystery, you know, that, that came about sort of from a, from an incident that happened to me when I was about 18, where I, where I saw a, well, I didn't see a murder, but I saw the, the aftermath of one in a, in you know the town where I lived in Australia and you know that I guess formed the basis for the for this story which is a um it's a it's a mystery um that has some historical aspects um with a bit of an Italian flavor and and lots of soccer playing from the young heroine and it's called Stella's Secret and it literally has been sitting in a drawer for, you know, 15 years. I, I obviously at the start, you know, went through the, you know, tried to get an agent, publishing routes, and then, you know, like lots of first-time writers, put it in a drawer and left it there. And and I've, I've done various things since then. I am a journalist, so, you know, I've been, you know, doing a lot of writing for work and, and you know, bringing up my kids and doing all the other things that, that life brings you. But anyway, a, a few... Uh, months ago, I decided that it was a good time to try and give, you know, self-publishing a go, partly for research purposes and also just to, I don't know, mentally I think get um, myself to a point where I could move on to another project. Mm-hmm. Also, I listened to your podcast about self-publishing, um, which was quite inspirational. So I think I think once I'd listened to that, um, I got it done by the end of the week so thank you that's to your- amazing that's amazing I love that yeah, and we'll yeah. put that's the episode with um Tanya Kappas we'll I'll put the uh, episode link in the show notes too in case you missed it but um yeah that was a great episode well that was a, actually a two-parter it was a great two-part episode Tanya had a lot of great information to share about self-publishing and then also what to do once you're done self-publishing because you have to market and and all of that have you done a lot of the marketing aspect yet no, I haven't. Um, I've, I've, you know, I, I guess I got to the self-publishing part and, and I got it there and, and you know, I'm off on one of my adventures at the moment, um, <laughs> which we'll get to. And, you know, it's, it's definitely um, something that I'm planning to do. I, because I was, I guess, testing out, you know, a whole bunch of things, you know, not just the self-publishing but how do the covers look when they print and all those sorts of things. Um, I wanted to I wanted to see how it turned out before I you know invested the time and energy in marketing. So that's kind of where I am at the moment. Yeah. Yes. How did, how did you find the process? Was it easy? Was it difficult? Look, I found the process the the ebook part is pretty simple and most of the like the Kindle Create for example is is pretty easy to use um, to get an ebook 
up and running. The the software that's available, um, commercial software as well as Amazon provided for doing a paperback is not, it's not as user-friendly. So that that re- re- involved, you know, a, a little bit more fiddling around and, and it was it was harder to tell how it would look until you actually got a physical printed copy in your hands. For example, mm-hmm. to, see the, to see the quality of the cover print, for example. So I had a couple of goes at that and... You know, it remains to be seen if I'm if I fiddle with it a little bit more. But but you know, through trial and error, it, it's certainly not it's it's not that hard. You know, anyone yeah. could work it out. Cool. Okay, that's good to know. Um, and when you so you workshopped part of this book at Seascape, what did you you know did you find yourself taking it in a different direction or doing you know anything different from the feedback that you got there? Because we, I mean, we were lucky enough to be learning from people like Hallie Efron and Roberta Islib and Susan Hubbard, and who are all you know amazing writers in their own right. So they definitely had a lot of value to to give us back in those early days. Uh, look, I found the process because, as I said, it was is very early on in my, I suppose, fiction writing career, and you know they were really generous with their their time and their feedback. It was it was really useful, and you know subsequently, you know I've had I've had you know more feedback and, and more detailed feedback from um, people like Sherry Harris, who are you know great editors, and you know which I think has gotten it to a point where, you know, like I, that experience of having something that you've literally left in a drawer, well, I guess it's, it's, it's not a real drawer when it's on your computer, but, you know. <laughs> same, <laughs> same sentiment. <laughs> yes, it's a cloud-based drawer. Um, reading something again that you wrote a long time ago, it was, it was actually quite good when I, I read it and I went, that book is actually quite good. It's, it's, you know, I, I guess this is a, I, I, I'm sure a feeling that a lot of writers, both new and old, would have where you, you're never quite sure if what you've written is good and a lot of the times we think, it, a lot of the time we think things we've written are terrible and so, you know, it was a good feeling to go back to it and go, actually, you know what, you know, that's not bad. Yeah. And, um, so I was I was happy enough with it to to decide to publish it, um, and you know what happens after that, you know, like the rest of my life, who knows? <laughs> Which is what I love about you. Um, but we'll definitely put a link to where you can buy the book in the show notes as well. So maybe we can help out with some of that marketing. I would appreciate that. Yeah, I would any feedback that you know. I mean, people who listen to your podcast, you know, um, you know, as far as I'm concerned, they're, you know, they're now in the, in the, in the group of our friends and any, any, you know, suggestions or feedback or comments they have, I'd, you know, would welcome them. Awesome. Awesome. So did you, I know you started a couple of other books since then, but is the, have you done any have you completed any books since this one or did you just turn your attention to the blog? And if so, tell us a story about how the blog started and all about it. I wrote a, uh, a chapter book um, is what we call them in Australia, but like a sort of a, a kid's book for, for 
you know, early readers um, that, you know, I did finish and, you know, again, that's that's in the uh, in the cloud-based drawer. Um, but I've reread that too and, I, you know, so, so I mean, I'm, I'm, I feel like those things that I wrote back a while ago, you know, they still have merit and, you know, I'm, I might well pursue those again. But, you know, I've over the last probably 10, 15 years, I've been, I had been busy with, you know, um, a career in more within communications and media and that sort of thing. And, you know, that's kept me really busy. And at the end of 2021, so, you know, well, we all thought it was the end of the pandemic, but it, as it turned out, it wasn't quite the end, was it? Um, <laughs> but my my younger son uh, finished school and, you know, I had it in my mind that I wanted to go off and have the gap year that I'd never had when I was a kid. And the way uh, I ended up having um, this blog, which is called thefestivaloftina.com, is the local children in my town at some point, you know, a few years ago, renamed me from Christine to Tina, which is great when you're in America because listening to my accent, when I say my name's Christine, you know, people, they, they don't always get it depending on where I am. But when I say Tina, <laughs> everyone here knows what that is. And you know, I just bought a coffee down at Starbucks and, you know, they don't blink an eyelid when I call myself Tina here, which is excellent. And for whatever reason, the kids, the local kids started calling me Tina and the name sort of stuck. So when I was about to go off on this adventure, which was going to be, you know, four months in you know, both the US and Europe, one of my friends at home said, well, how are we going to know what, what you're doing or where you are or what's going on? And I'm I'm one of those people that, you know, I do use Facebook, but I, I, I get bored when I see when I see 60 photos that get posted and, you know, when it's all a bit too long and then I went here and then I went there, I, I wasn't, I didn't want to bore people with that stuff. And so I said to my friend, look, I'll, I'll set up a website and I'll write a blog and, you know, when I post something, I'll put it on Facebook. And if you want to read about it, then you can go and read about it. And that's really how it started. And, you know, back before I was going, it was, it was, it was literally like getting to, you know, the end of a finish line, getting, getting like two sons as a single parent through school and getting to what I felt like was my time, uh, a little bit of time where I didn't need to be worrying about anyone else except myself, which was, you know, I really had never done. And so this adventure or the Festival of Tina was meant to be, you know, a celebration of my 50th year and, you know, it, it turned into, well, as, as you know, once I get got to the end of technically the first part of it, you know, I decided that it should be an ongoing festival and so the Festival <laughs> of Tina, you know, does not have an end date and really I just, you know, I travel around and, find myself in places and then I usually meet people and then funny stories happen and that is what the Festival of Tina is all about. 
Well, I love it because you, it seems like, I mean, well, first of all, you have no problems talking to people and meeting people and even, you know, giving people life advice uh, when you meet them in, you know, airport bars and that kind of thing. So I think at this point, you must have a ton of story ideas compiled. So tell us about some of the wildest adventures you've had and some of the, some of your favorite people who may eventually turn into characters. Well, look, I, I do always say when I meet people that the people that I meet that are really nice, you know, I, I will never, you know, identify them too much. Whereas, you know, if I meet anyone who, you know, potentially could become some sort of, um, well, let's just say someone in a book that nobody likes, uh, a villain, <laughs> um, you know, I, I don't I'm, I'm happy to name them. <laughs> so, but I, I have met some fantastic people and uh, I actually, the, the latest post that I that I put up on, on the Festival of Tina only yesterday is about people that I've, that I've met on my travels, and this includes you and Sherry. It's, it's about re-meeting those people. So it's not even about the first time that I met them, but you know, in some cases, um, you know, I, I met some people in a campground when I was on my honeymoon when I was 23 years old in France and, you know, we sat down next to them in a campground and they've been to Australia a couple of times. We've stayed with them in England. You know, we're still friends with these people and it's nearly 30 years later. And funnily enough, um when I was with these people, you know, the other day, they wrote they wrote a kind of I guess it's a journal about their trips, and and we wrote one about ours too, and so this is history of humorous writing, you know, that that goes back to you know thirty years ago, that way before we had blogs and the internet, but it is it is a great way to look back on travel, I think, and the people that you meet. And the experiences and even in our family there's all of these sayings that things that we say that happened on that original trip that you know now my children use these same phrases that we came up with you know when we're at the Eiffel Tower or you know in a campground in Rome you know so that's what I love about writing that's how it keeps things I mean you know it's the history of writing isn't it the way stories get passed down you know, over the, over the years. Yep. No, that's very cool. I, I love reading about your adventures. And I mean, you don't, it's, it's fascinating because you have like, you know, like you said, the people that you've, you've known for 30 years that you you're meeting up with, but then you're making new friends on these trips that, you know, probably 30 years from now, you'll be meeting somewhere else and continuing that history. So I just think it's very cool. Yeah, look, it's a lot of fun. And uh, I mean, I think the other thing that I, I love about the trips and the writing is just how much chance really plays a part in all of these things. And and I was walking around Central Park, you know, a couple of days ago with these people that I met on a cruise last year. And we were, they were, the daughter lives in Central Park, near Central Park, and so they're giving me a tour around. And, I mean, I've been to Central Park plenty of times, but we were seeing all these new things. And we walked past this restaurant, the, the boathouse, which is 
in the in the middle of Central Park, and I said to my friend, you know, if it wasn't for this restaurant, you and I would never have met. And she said, what are you talking about? And I said, well, I went to this restaurant, you know, last year in February and I, you know, I like it. It has a great view. I sat down and I sat down next to two Irish girls and, you know, you get to talking because that's how I roll. And they were going back to Ireland the next day and I, and I had to check out of my hotel in New York but I didn't have anywhere to go specifically for a few weeks until I was going to France. And they said, well, if we were staying, we'd like to go to, to the Hamptons. And I said, oh, okay, I'll go to the Hamptons for you. And so off I went. <laughs> and then I went to the Hamptons for a few days and, and it's winter in the Hamptons, so it's, it's different to when, when it's summer and, and all the really wealthy people go there and this is the time when, you know, the people that you meet at the pub are locals. And they were great. I loved the locals. I'm in the bar in the local with the locals every night, of course. And there was a big, big snowstorm approaching. And they said, you know, well, this is this is going to be a big storm. You know, if you stay here, you're going to be stuck here for days. And and I said, okay, well, that's a sign. Um, let's all decide: should I go on a cruise to the Bahamas? Or should I go to Florida? And they all said you should go on a cruise to the Bahamas. So I went back to New York the next day, wheeled my bag up the snow-filled streets of New York to the cruise terminal, which is in, in the Hudson River, got on a boat, and that's where I met these people that I just walked around Central Park with. So, you know, these are the, these are the things that happen, and that's you know, that's what I love about travelling and not having too fixed a plan. You know, I don't turn up with, you know, completely no idea of where I'm going, but I try not to put so much into my plans that there's no room for this stuff, which is so incredible and enriched my life so much over the years. That's amazing. I, I keep saying I want to be you when I grow up. I just love that idea of just, hey, I'll go here today <laughs> and I'll just get on this boat. <laughs> I love it. I'm, I'm glad that you think you're going to grow up. I'm never growing up. <laughs> well, it hasn't happened yet. So, you know, it's not looking so great either over here, but, you know. Um, so have you found these these travels and these experiences and these people uh, have kind of widened your your view as you're writing? Like, has it influenced your writing at all? Aside from obviously the blog, right, which is write about writing about these these travels, but your fiction writing, has it kind of expanded your horizons at all in, in that way? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I mean, you know, everybody who writes, you know, minds incidents from their own life. I mean, it's it's second nature. But, you know, you just meet people who, you know, inspire you. Um, and, I mean, I, I it, it's, it's, it's hard because sometimes, you know, things happen and, you know, it's such a good story. And if you like the person, well, you know, you have to be careful with using their, their story 
It's different if you don't like them, as I said. <laughs> the names are changed to protect the innocent and guilty. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Um, but, yeah, look, I I do think these are these are all the experiences that you have that that really really do add to you to your writing yeah no I'm, I'm sure I mean it's it's wild so do you think you'll ever set a book in somewhere in the U.S. or do you think you, Australia will continue to be your main setting place no I think I will and I've actually got a, a a couple of, as I said, a couple of books uh, that I've that I've started, and one of them, you know, I think it it's currently set in Australia, but the the next part of the series will definitely be somewhere else. Um, for you know, some people who know me would know that I lived in Pasadena when I was young, and so I've I've definitely got. Um, a few, a few stories that I've already written, you know, half written parts of books as you, as we all do, um, that, that definitely play into that, uh, that life that I had as a child. And there's definitely going to be things that are said in the U S and there's definitely going to be some, some, um, books set in Europe as well. Um, I, I've definitely got, you know, ideas about, um, I guess having characters that travel around a bit like I do. I mean, you know, let's face it, they're probably all, all of my characters are, have elements of me in them. Um, but, yeah, I definitely will be. I, I like the idea of things being not just set in one place because, for me, it's a good excuse to go there and write about something as well. Yeah, Totally. <laughs> I, I always love a uh, what I call a work trip. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I I can right right now um, here in Revere Beach where I am for the first time. I can definitely see you know something being set here. Yeah, it's kind of a cool setting, right? There's it's a beautiful beach, but there it's it's a very diverse area. There's a lot of quirky characters just. Uh, walking up and down the street all times of the day and night. Like you see a lot of interesting things. There was one day I went out for a walk and I mean, the things you see here, right. I was, <laughs> I was walking and I had my dogs with me and there was a, a couple of guys sitting on the wall, uh, you know, with their feet in the sand and they had a little carrier next to them. And I was like, Oh, so I kind of went over and looked and they had three ferrets in the carrier that they had brought to the beach, which was random. So I was like, oh, okay. So then I kept walking. And then a few steps later, I came literally face to face, too close to a woman who had a snake wrapped around her arm, just walking down the beach. And her and the snake were like totally having a moment. And he was like kissing her face and she was like talking to it. And I was like, this is kind of wild. You don't see this in all, you know, all the beaches. So it is an interesting place. I'll give it that. Yeah. And look, that, that, that exactly sums up, you know, the the fun stuff about traveling i mean you know it's not it's not always fun but it's always uh it's always interesting like even on my on my way here i was staying in new york for a couple of days as i said and you know i i went to the station down to the penn station to catch the train up to boston and i'm sitting there and i was organized and i was on time and 
you know, I had various pieces of technology. I had my computer. I had everything ready. And about 15 minutes before my train left, I, you know, went into the restrooms and, you know, I looked at myself in the mirror and I realised that this necklace that I wear everywhere was not there and it's it's not it's not worth anything financially but it's it has two rings on it that have my children's names and birthdays and it has this turtle you know and I love turtles and I bought this like a a, you know a turtle um, necklace in Hawaii and so these things are all attached to this necklace and it was well, it wasn't gone because then I realised where it was and it was still on the shelf in the hotel that I just checked out of. So I had this moment where I went, I've got 15 minutes to the train, you know, in New York that day it was it was hot. You know, there was no way I was going to be able to run back to the station, to, to the hotel, get the necklace, get on this train and, and still make the time. And, and so, you know, I was for for a split second. I'm thinking, oh, and I tried to ring the hotel. Of course, they didn't answer. So I I went and I I went over to the ticket office and I said, look, I need to move. I need to go on the next train. And there were these women who were in front of me in the line who were panicking because they wanted to get onto the train that I was currently on. There were no seats left, and I said, well, I want to get off that train. You can have my seat. And so this whole little dance happened at the ticket office so that I went in front of them so I could lo- get rid of my ticket and get the next train and they could get my ticket. And so that happened. Now, I go back to the to the hotel, you know, at first they couldn't find it, but then they found it, you know. I burst into tears, the, you know, lovely hotel staff, you know, very kind, get me back my necklace, you know. I, I, I felt like... I, you know, I was whole again because, you know, I was like losing my children. I mean, it's sort of silly really because, of course, I could replace this necklace easily, but it's not the point, right? And so, you know, I I obviously had to go on the next train, which was an hour and a half later, and I got on this train and I sat down and these two young girls got on the train too and one of them had dropped her phone under the train as she got on the train Ugh. and so you know she was in such a state and but it was just it was one of those things that was meant to be where you know I said oh you know look the same things just happened to me you know I lost this you know we all sat down together and you know of course I went to the, the bar on the Amtrak and you know, <laughs> Um, and, and shared them but it it was just one of those things where you know how does that happen you know that out of all of yeah. the people that you, you could be you know sitting next to on a train are the ones the two girls that you know have just had this happen to them after I've lost my you know um necklace and so I mean it's just one story but it's it's those are the things that you know always seem to happen when when you you travel and you don't necessarily have there's no real point other than catching up with people that you want to see or seeing beautiful places yep and I feel like you know I I love to talk to journalists so you and I have a lot in common as far as well as far as many things but 
you know, our earlier careers were in journalism and communications and all of that. Um, and I love talking to journalists about the lessons they learned or the things they took away from that work that I think applies to not only any other kind of writing you do, but life in general. So in this case, I can imagine that your, your journalism skills are honed pretty much every day as you're traveling because there's so much to notice and, you know, kind of process and think about how you're going to transform that into something that other people will be interested in. Do you, is that how you kind of operate? Do you find? Oh, absolutely. And it is about being, I mean, the, the, the main skill, you know, for any journalist is being curious. You know, yeah. if you're not curious as a journalist, well, you're a terrible journalist. And, you know, one of the stories that, um, you know, I, I've, I've used, I've talked about in the Festival of Tina, but, I, you know, I will talk about in other other writing. You know, I was, I was in a bar and this girl came and sat down next to me and, you know, she had this big engagement ring on, you know, it was blinding, it was so was so bright. And, you know, I noticed it when she sat down next to me and then I kept talking to the barman and then the next time I looked at her, it was gone. She'd taken it off. And, you know, to me, like, okay, nosy Parker, curious journalist, whatever you want to call me, it was not a red flag, a green flag. I went, oh, that's interesting. That was there and now it isn't. And, <laughs> Three hours later, you know, we're still talking and, you know, and she's coming to visit me next week um, because, you know, everything that you share in that moment, you know, I mean, sometimes those things are really funny and it's and it's incredible to notice, but so many people go around and they just don't notice anything about other people. Yeah. And I guess that's why people tell us things because we notice and we want to yeah. hear so, you know, it's it's something that I really enjoy and, I, you know, I'm really, really grateful for every person that I've ever met who's told me anything about themselves because, you know, those things matter and you, you actually never know, you know, sometimes those things are, you know, they're funny and they're, you know, you're having a good time but other times they're actually quite serious and, yep. you know, it's it's not the first time that I've had people, you know, tell me later on that, you know, they actually changed something in their life after a conversation that we'd had. Yeah, that's very cool. And also like in this day and age where, you know, we're so disconnected from, so many people are disconnected from other people, like not even technologically. I mean, just in general, we don't, it doesn't seem like people want to know anything about other people or, or understand where other people are coming from. And I, sometimes it's hard in this kind of climate, but, um, I think it definitely taking the time to, to do those things and have those conversations and understand that people are, there's a human aspect to everyone, no matter how much you might disagree with them. Or, um, I, I think that's really important to, you know, kind of saving our, saving our society. Cause it's really in a crappy place right now. I, I agree. I think, I think, the you know just the i mean it's not even kindness to me it's just humanity you know of of interacting with people and you know giving people the time of day because you just you never quite know where people are at and and i mean you can think about plenty of people who's done this for you you know where where someone someone you don't even know you know has you know been kind or given you a kind word and those things at at 
at a difficult time in your life can can be the difference between, you know, sometimes life and death. Yeah. Totally. So speaking of, I guess, community, because this reminds me a little bit of, you know, just having a community and having people to, you know, talk to and work through things with and, and all of that. So I, you know, you and me and Sherry kind of form that bond at, at um, Seascape. Do you, have your, has your writing community expanded over the years or like, are we still your go-to? You can, you can tell us if not, it's okay. <laughs> you, you two are definitely, definitely still my go-to. Um, I, I think I'm pretty sure that you've talked about this on your, on your podcast before, but you know, very common thing with writers, you know, the imposter syndrome and, um, and I think it, Sometimes for me it's even harder when you're, you know, technically I am, you know, I'm a journalist, therefore I am a writer, I'm a professional writer. That that doesn't make you a fiction writer because obviously writing actual fiction makes you a fiction writer. Um, <laughs> but it's it's sometimes hard to, I, when I first started out I, I went to lots of writers groups and, and that's, you know, obviously when I went to the conference and I met you guys. And then I think once you stop writing or you're writing less of the of that sort of you know fiction or whatever. It's it's hard not to feel like a fraud when you if you go to groups. Um, but you know, luckily I've got you two that you know never make me feel like a fraud and are always really you know encouraging. And you know, um, I think you know that's that's something that I would certainly say to anyone else in the same position. You know, people. Uh, who are, you know, published writers are, you know, nine times out of ten extremely generous with their time and their feedback and, you know, I don't know, you've told me stories about, you know, like people that you know who've been really kind to you and, you know, so I think most of the fear is is on the, is on the side of, you know, us over here where, who aren't writing or haven't been writing and if we did reach out, you know, people would always help us. And so, you know, I'm definitely going to be doing more of that back home when I get there. And, um, you know, I've, I've been very, very blessed to have, you know, some suggestions from both you and Sherry while I've been here to kind of get me back on track with my book. And, you know, I mean, I could have easily done that at home if, I, if I'd been brave enough. And so I guess I'm going to be more brave about those things and, now that I've, I think I've got somewhere to go with the, with the, the book that I'm writing now. Um, uh, I, I don't think it's going to. It's probably going to be like you know that time ages ago where I said three times I was going to write a book. Well, you know, I think I've said three times I'm going to finish this one. So <laughs> <laughs> I have every faith that you will. No, but I love that, and I I love what you said about you know we all feel that imposter syndrome, right? Like all, it doesn't matter who who we are, what level, you know, quote unquote level we are at with our writing. Like everyone feels that. And let me assure you that you are not a fraud. You're an awesome writer and I love reading your stuff. And we had an impromptu plotting session yesterday at a bar in Salem, Mass, and it was awesome. And we're going to do another one today and I love it. So yeah, it's just, I think having the people that you can trust to do those things with and to get that input from and to, you know, boost you up when you're maybe not feeling so awesome about yourself is so important, especially because, you know, as most writers know, we spend a lot of time sitting alone at a desk with people in our heads talking to us, which sometimes can maybe not be, you know, conducive to great mental health. So 
Absolutely. And, and you know, while we're talking about yesterday, we, we did have a great day out in Salem and, you know, I've come home with, you know, a range of hilarious T-shirts and <laughs> pictures and, and um, you know, a great set of turtle earrings, which I really love. But the best thing about that whole day was, again, you know, of course um, I, I really appreciate that Liz, you know, um, probably just went along with, you know, the, the festival of Tina style, which is wandering about with, you know, walk about with no plan. <laughs> That's what we did in, in Salem. We just wandered around and wandered into shops and we wandered into this one place towards the end of the day, actually. And it was, it was an interesting mix of um, things that they had in there and a lot of books about writing, actually, which was great. But, the first thing I saw when I walked in was this huge stand, like a, a swiveling book stand, that was full of Kate Conti books. So all of Liz's series um, under under the name Kate Conti, these books were were on this stand, and like I was so excited, and I saw them, and I you know went over to the lady that that was running the place, and I said, uh, "The author's here. The author of these books," <laughs> and. Got really excited. She said, "Oh, we can't keep these in the in the store. They they fly off the shelves." And she was so excited. And then we had an impromptu signing session. And then people, other people in the shop, were buying books. And to me, you know, it was so inspirational because, you know, to to see you know Liz's work in 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 a shop where we just randomly walked into, and you know that this woman was so genuinely genuinely excited about you know, having the author in there and and the customers were too and, you know, it was it was just awesome. And so, I mean, I was proud of my friend but I was also inspired as a writer to go, you know, this 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 is what happens when you actually sit down and you finish things. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I'm going to get my arse in the seat a bit more often after this. You're so funny. Well, thank you for being so excited for me. Cause I have to say, like, I was, I was kind of like, I didn't almost didn't believe it at first. Cause when I saw the shelf, I was like, wow, is that real? Because, you know, sometimes, I mean, I remember when my last book came out, my uh, third full moon mystery came out in March and I went to my nearest Barnes and Noble and it wasn't even in there. So to walk into this store that I'd never actually been, I mean, I'm in Salem a lot. I've never been in the store before. Um, it was totally wild to just, to, hear this lady say that, you know, people are buying them all the time and they had to buy that shelf special for them. And it was like front and center in the store, which like never happens. And, you know, going back to the imposter syndrome, like I, I've had some times in the past few months where I'm like, oh, am I, is this like, am I, is this reaching anyone? Am I doing this for any, you know, are, are people like, I know I have like a core group of readers, but sometimes you, you know, you kind of need to know that people are enjoying your work or receiving your work. And, um, this was just a really nice boost that people do actually like it, like the books and are, are happy to have them available for people. And it, it was really nice. Yeah, it was awesome. And it's a big shout out to the Marble Fawn, which is the name of the shop. And I'm sure that Liz will put it on the, on the notes. Totally, totally. They have the best stuff. They have tons of, um, books for writers. They have, it's very quirky. It's like a card store, but it's got a lot of writing, uh, 
fun thing, not just books, but fun things. Like they had, I think somebody, one of the ladies that bought the, one of the, one of my books was buying like Raven earrings. Cause there's like an Edgar Allan Poe section. It was a very cool store. So I will definitely put it in the show notes. So what is next for you? I know we talked about your next book. Um, I don't know if you want to tell us a little bit about it or, and I'm sure you're keeping up the blog. So tell us what's, what's on your docket for when you get home from this amazing trip. Well, yeah, I've got a little bit more wandering to, to do here in the US before I head home via Hawaii, of course, because I always like to swim with turtles wherever yes. possible. And, <laughs> you know, I mean, that's if I don't, you know, you know, well, I don't want to say I might die, but I am planning to go for a swim at Revere Beach after this <laughs> conversation. And <laughs> the story that I wrote, you know, a couple of weeks ago, um, about the water temperature that I prefer. I mean, in, in Australia, we obviously use Celsius. And so I say I like the water temperature to start with a two, which is 20 degrees Celsius. That's about 70 degrees in Fahrenheit. And I know for a fact that it's definitely starting with a six. Yeah. And, and that's pretty cold. So um, if I survive that swim, I plan to, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Australia and and come up with a way of you know doing doing this writing that I enjoy um but I am a person that doesn't like to do one thing all the time you know and so you know I'm I'm, I'm probably going to try and set myself some pretty realistic um parameters for that um you know it might be a certain number of hours a day or maybe at a certain number of words a week or something like that something that is you know that won't that won't scare me by making too many rules, and <laughs> so. But I think I think um, I'm I'm now that I've got this idea in my head, I'm actually really excited to to crack on with that, and you know I'll, I'll keep doing the other work that I that I that I do as well, and you know whilst I'm planning my next trip, I mean I certainly I certainly won't be. Um, giving up the traveling and um, you know I'm going to be writing the other thing I like to do is is write biographies for people um, not usually for writers it's people who aren't good at writing and and I and I do that by interviewing them and so you know I'm I'm keen to to work on a few of those projects and and obviously this this book um, well you know it's it's going to be funny that's all I can tell you. And, you know, probably people will die, but they won't be good people. So, <laughs> well, every good book needs a few murders. I mean, I think. Of course, there, there'll be some murders and they probably will be people that I met, you know, I've met in my life. Um, but, you know, no one who didn't deserve it. Let's put it that way. <laughs> awesome. Well, I am looking forward to reading it. Um, I can't wait. And, We'll put the link to the blog in the show notes as well, but it's hilarious and it's so much fun. And I do hope you keep travel traveling selfishly so I can keep reading it. So thank you for that. And thank you so much for being here. I'm just so grateful to Seascape and to you for your friendship and just all the fun that you bring everywhere you go and all the fun that you've brought to my life. So thank you. Well, it's great to be here. It's great to be here where you live and um, you know, let's see what sort of exciting adventures we can have later on today. Totally. You'll, I'll have to read about it on the blog. Yes, you will. <laughs> All right. Thank you.
I hope you enjoyed that conversation. And by now, if you haven't picked up on this idea that writing community is so important, then I don't know what to say. It really is. Finding your people is one of the biggest things that is going to help you get published, keep and keep yourself published, keep yourself writing. It's just the way to go. So if you haven't found your community, reach out to me, let me know. I can help you with that. Um, if you're a mystery writer, there's plenty of groups I can hook you up with. If you are looking for an accountability group or people to just write with and learn from and people to just take the journey with, ask me about the Creativity Lab membership. The doors are opening soon. I would love to have you there. Send me a note at Kate, C-A-T-E, at KateContiAuthor.com. That's C-A-T-E-C-O-N-T-E.com. And I'd love to hear what you thought of this episode. Let me know either through my website or send me a DM on Instagram. And if you could take a minute, if you liked the episode and if you love the podcast, to just rate, review, subscribe so you don't miss an episode, that would be amazing. Thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next week. <laughs>